Interlude, welcome to the Harlot Society podcast, a place to rediscover your inner witchy bitch and connect with the baddest community that's going to help guide you there. And it's Halloween week, motherfuckers! All right, so this week we decided that we were going to talk about Samhain. Yes. Very fitting because it's Halloween week. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, for everybody who does not know what Sawin is, it's the um, Gaelic and um, pagan celebration celebration of uh, essentially like what we would recognize as an overlapping with Halloween, but Sawin is this cyclical honoring of moving into not only like the shadow part of the year or like the winter, but also the thinning of the veil between dimensions, portals and ancestries. So Kat, I, I don't know. I feel like in my heart, I'm like, I'm going to learn so much from you today about this. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> we'll see. Woohoo. All right, so yeah, anything you feel called to, you know, just talk about or introduce, or you, I'm gonna like open open the floor. That's a weird analogy, but to you, yeah. yeah. Um, so really, I just started doing a bunch of research because you know you know what it is, but you don't really know what it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I started doing just a ton of research, and you know, it's kind of all the same, but it's the transition from light to dark. Um, and just kind of that, that's the biggest, um, I guess, correlation that I can find is just the, you know, that transition from the light part of the year to the dark part of the year. And, um, so the ancient Celts were super concerned that the sun wasn't going to continue to rise. So it being one of the, the four fire festivals of the year it's probably the most important Mm. um, as far as the Celts go, just because, you know, it is that mark of the transition, but not only that, you know, the thinning of the veil. So the the whole rebirth and I guess end of one life, beginning of another transition, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's also considered to be the festival of, the gods of the underworld as well mm-hmm. so there's That's just so, cool. so, so many aspects of it but for yeah. the most part you know the the most significant portion for me is that the the celts were very concerned that the sun wasn't going to rise so they always had fires and that's why um you see it pretty much every solemn celebration you know there's a fire burning not just to symbolize you know the life cycle but also that was their way of making sure that the sun would continue to rise until the lighter portion of the year. Wow. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's definitely giving me like alchemy vibes, you know, as above, so below, you know, I, I had never known that the core element of fire actually had that purpose and that use um, for, for the Celts where it, it wasn't just a symbol right it wasn't like an idol or something or like i don't know i'm trying to find a like modern day like compare comparison it's like okay we have oh okay for example so i'm from utah and there's like 
a shit ton of Mormons in Utah and like something Mormons do is like to represent I guess like the body and blood of Christ they like have little cups of water and bread that they'll like ritually take you know it's cool that you 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 know you brought up that the fire itself like for this festival wasn't just like oh this is a representation it was like no shit like this is directly like correlating to the, uh, the capacity of humanity to survive through the winter it's also giving me like the the um um the story or the lore of persephone persephone um and like her yeah her um like half the year you know she was stuck with the god of the underworld and she was the daughter of demeter and you know each spring she would rise and it you know, represented, like, making it through this darker portion of the year. And one last thing, I, I'm kind of, like, rambly here, because I'm, like, excited. <laughs> one last thing I, I think it's important to clarify is, like, for, like, it, it is in, like, our indigenous nature, our tribal nature, to not have this, like, bizarre polarization of, like, duality, right? Like, oh, dark is considered bad, light is good. Like, for, like, our ancient, well, and just, I think, truly, like, you know, in our nature as human beings, we're actually cyclical. It's an honoring of the cycles, right? And so Absolutely. that's is honoring as well, where it's it's like from death comes rebirth. It's like in the tarot, the death card is indicative of like clearing away for new. And there's there's a lot of fear in this society regarding you know, the dark. And I think that's why we have such differences in like the modern um, equivalent of like Halloween, which is like super commercialized as opposed to like honoring its, you know, its core connection back to our pagan roots. Right. I think um, just looking at it and then just kind of looking at a lot of different aspects of it, you know, it kind of reminds me of the whole yin and yang symbol, just yeah. with with the oh. whole fire aspect that, you know, that in the darkness there there is some light. Um, so that was kind of neat, just reading through a bunch of the history and keeping that in mind that, you know, even though they were afraid that the sun wouldn't rise, that was kind of their shining light, if it were. It's like... <laughs> Gave me chills. The poet in you—that's fucking awesome. So, so, um, what were some things that stuck out to you specifically doing your research? For first of all, that you could trace to um, like similar traditions. I think with Halloween, um, I think that would be a cool thing to kind of talk about. Is is, is some of the yeah. origins of you know, this holiday that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, basically it, it started off as the end of the harvest, you mm-hmm. know, so that's kind of where that death cycle begins is they have, they've harvested everything. So it's kind of the end of that season. Um, so with the nights becoming longer, it's getting darker out. Um, everybody's starting to get together and celebrate because Mm -hmm. the harvest is over. Um, And obviously with the thinning of the veil, you know, they believe that spirits and demons are coming back and forth. So that's where the whole um, dressing up comes in because they believe Uh with 
fail, you have demons and fairies and all these kind of creatures that mm. will, you know, pass into our world um, and take people back. So if they dressed up as something scary, you know, if a demon were to pass them, they would believe that it was just another demon. Holy so. shit. I did not know that. That is so fascinating. Oh, that is so cool. So it's like, it's like, yeah, trying to trick the portal hoppers. Yeah. Essentially. You're just, you're, essentially, you're blending in. So nobody's like, oh, hey. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, dude. It, I just got a flash of like, hocus pocus in my mind. I fucking love hocus pocus. That's so not, re- I mean, it's relevant, but like, anyway, getting back on topic. <laughs> right. Um, um, yeah. Okay. That's really fucking cool. Um, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Just- so um, the other thing that I started researching as well is, you know, the, I hate to say Mexican, but the, the Spanish holiday of the day of the dead, because it, you it know, did. correlates right with Halloween. Um, but it has, you know, it goes back to the whole cycle of rebirth and thinning of the veil. You know, they believe that with the veil being thinner, that they can communicate easier with those who have passed and honor those who've passed. So yeah. it's kind yeah, of that goes hand in hand. That Yeah. I, I love that you brought in Dia de los Muertos. Um, like that's, that's an interesting question, like where it originates, because if it, if it's a festival only celebrated in Mexico, then I think we, we can call it Mexican. Um, but if it's like, if it has older roots back into like Spanish um, migration, that would be really interesting. I think to, to I don't know, like, yeah, and, you know, well. at the, at the same time, um, I didn't do a ton of research just because I was limited on time, but you know, that end of October, beginning of November, the Hindus actually have a holiday too that um, right there revolves around fire as well. So just the the bringing of light into the dark section. So that was quite interesting. Like I said, I didn't do enough research to really speak fully on that topic, but it seems to be a pretty wide, uh, I guess, aspect of is that a lot of different religions, so to speak did believe in that and bringing in the light that was dark and that yeah. I mean, you're finding it all across the world, not just one religion, but, or one hemisphere even. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And because it, it's very real and that's the thing. It's like, like it was October last year that I had my first like intense channeling connection with my ancestors, like with my, like I, I just, it was like this, you know, like sensory kind of like recognition of energies being around me. And it was this time of year. And also like witchcraft in and of itself is the like honoring of like co-creation, like magical capacity we have to like manifest light and energy into matter through ritual and through um, festival and through uh, representations on a, a micro scale for the the macrocosmic energies we need to survive, whether it be from sunlight or the cycles of the season, you know, something that's coming through is how important winter is for um, Ostara or, or for um, the, the rebirth, because that is when everything rests and goes underground and seeds 
need that dark portion of the year more than anything be no budding or growth whatsoever you know so definitely definitely something that's important to address when it comes to removing like fear from this honoring of the dark as and you know like you were saying yin yang it's it's an honoring I feel absolutely I mean I think I I always have like the term seasons of life because as you go through life you go through seasons whether they're dark light good bad you know and, and things change and I really we can't get any more realistic and you know in your face than this you know basically the process of rebirth whether it's in your life or you know whatever you're going to go through those seasons and you're going to have good seasons and bad seasons and this is on a cosmic that we can actually see and tangibly touch and you know we just have to retrain our mind to look at it a different way Mm. That was really beautifully put. Thank you. Yeah, because I, this actually has a broader uh, healing component for our modern dualistic problem <laughs> that we're dealing with all across the board. And that is this constant polarization of seeming opposites. You know, it's like, well, you know, my daddy, like, wore a red shirt your daddy wore a blue shirt so now we're you know potentially gonna like reenact the civil war or something it's like it would like there i can't remember the exact latin term in alchemy but it it stands for union of the opposites like this is the high that's like the philosopher's stone you know that's like the best of the best you can get in your like spiritual um process of alchemization and that is coming to this place of like holding space for paradox and seeing it as if, because it's like, okay, if you like zoom out really quick, it, it would be ridiculous to be like, no, winter's better than summer. Summer's better than winter. It's like, they're all, they're all a, a recycling container for, I don't know, energy, like manifesting as matter in this reality I don't know exactly what I'm saying but I feel like you feel me you know what I mean yeah no I yeah yeah I totally get what you're saying and and it is I mean it's it's one of those things like you said not one than the other because they are all equally important and without one you can't have the other so wow yeah okay America like it's time (laughs) we continue getting our shit together when it comes to finding because the thing is, ultimately, underneath everything that's going on, all human beings share the capacity to love, and we all share our pain, regardless of, like, religion or political party or or nationality or things like that. And I think that's been one of the most important aspects of my, like, spiritual work, um, you know, that coincides not only with reconnecting to my witchdom, but also to my deep capacity to find compassion for human beings that I had once rejected because they didn't think like me or I blamed them for some you know trauma or pain that I was um you know (laughs) attributing to like societal decay and things like that right so I think like a really beautiful theme to go along with Samhain in general is it's 
how can we uh, how can we use this now to help continue healing and i think the the most important part and why i felt really called to have this as a topic plus it was like halloween so it was kind of like logical is it helps us it helps give us a narrative and a new framework for looking at polarization in other aspects of our life right and and looking yeah i think i don't know one of the things that i have just really been able to do some self-reflection and and self-education on and doing this research is just reminding myself that every part of my life is a cycle so there's going to be ups and downs there's going to be you know what I would call consider good or bad Mm -hmm. Um, you know whether it's in your relationship or your work relationships or you know business or whatever in life you're going to have those cycles so Right now, you may be in the season that is dark and sucks and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to keep moving through that season and eventually Mm. you're going to get to the other side and it's going to be a whole lot brighter and better because you've gone through that season before, you know, and and the good season's not going to last forever. You're going to have other challenges and things that come up. So for me, this has just been, you know, a reminder and a big eye opener to Look for those seasons and accept the seasons Mm. and prepare for not only the good, but the bad and just know that it's not going to last forever. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. Thank you. And I, I think it's like that, like recognizing that it's our assumption that the ebbs and flows of life are going to like cause us intense suffering and pain because that's how our brain like, you know, like downloads and processes past hurts is it's, it kind of like overdoes it a bit when it senses any kind of like similarity and potential like activation for those previous like traumas and things like that. And so one thing I found in my spiritual journey is as I continue to connect with spirit and I allow spirit to come through and it's okay, like I'm not like, but I'm going to turn this over and let the divine manifest and clear away. Cause like each, each part of our life, I think that has been a trial has been a place for intense opportunistic growth. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. It's by Rumi. He wrote, the wound is where the light enters you. And I think for me personally, it like most of my suffering in my life has actually just been my my preconceived dread of life sucking way more than it actually does. It's it's I like that you brought up acceptance, right? Because it like even in periods of my life, like a good example, like my spiritual awakening, while I was going through it, I I was like, this is this is absolutely the most hellish like part of my life I've ever lived but now because of what came from it and like the connection I had with the divine and like my psychic powers and like my connection with driving out to the desert and it's like it's like I've processed out the trauma and now I like think back at that time as like one of the most blissful in my lives in my life (laughs) and that's kind of like a weird paradox isn't it where yeah Uh I think 
once you become awakened in all aspects of your life, you are able to look back at very traumatic events and go, but I learned from it, or this is what I got out of it, or this is where the growth came from or whatever. You've, you've already moved past those other emotions of hurt and anger, and you have forgiven yourself and you've maybe mostly forgiven the other person or whatever. Right. And, and you're able to accept the things and to learn from them. And that I think is one of the biggest things that I struggled with, with my own trauma at first, but now I'm like, oh, you know, I could do that twice over because of everything that I learned from it. Damn, so. dude, that's so powerful. Like you just, you're such a badass, bad bitch, which uh, I love that you talk about self-forgiveness. Uh, I was actually just at like a, a, um, healing sacred women's circle. And we were talking about shamanic journeying and healing from, <laughs> which was my topic that I got picked. And, um, uh, one of the like goddesses there was talking about this concept of forgiveness and how her capacity to, to, like forgive others allowed her to forgive herself for what happened to her, although it wasn't her fault. You know, I think forgiveness is like a, a touchy subject. And I love that you specifically mentioned to forgive yourself because like one thing I think moving through trauma and moving through like the shadow portions of your life for many of us, um, we're moving through epigenetic sexual physical mental emotional abuse and it's it's rough it's rough to like bring these things to the surface and just be like no what happened to me what happened to others is incredibly fucked up and not okay and the person who did this like I don't owe them fucking forgiveness but what forgiveness does is allow you to like most importantly forgive yourself from like the inflicted shame and then for some people you know like they they consider like forgiving the other person uh, like healing you know I think ultimately forgiveness is is the acceptance that you were talking about and clearing out space where it's it's like it's forgiveness isn't condonement um, it's clearing out space so the past no longer conflicts with your capacity to be present in the modern cycle that you're experiencing because life really does get fucking better and better as you like spiritually ascend because you get quicker at um like you're like okay something's happening i'm gonna stop resisting i'm gonna connect inside to my intuition i'm gonna ground i'm gonna you know what whatever modality people use i'm gonna look now i have this this intense trust i'm building not only with my own psychic capacity to trust my intuition but I have a direct and powerful connection with source energy and I know that from my past experiences I can choose to use this opportunity right now to like limit the running away I'm doing and just go straight into like okay I'm going to accept what's happening and what are some opportunities that are appearing what are some things that like from my past experiences I'm grateful for <laughs> like even if it's like you know like yeah this is sucky but I'm glad you know what happened last time isn't happening and I, I feel like it's like 
we move through these cycles like it's we flow better so that's that's something too that was like a misconception I had about life is like oh you know like the really difficult like spiritual awakening like shadow work that we had to do at the beginning of our spiritual awakening that those are going to to recycle to the same intensity but for me at least in my experience it 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 gets more fluid you know it's not like despair I don't know what do you think though no I I agree and it it, I mean honestly it all goes back to just the cycle of life and true we there it's difficult but at the same time it's not because like you said you're accepting a lot of things you're growing you're changing you know and, and a lot of people say oh it's wisdom from living this or you know from life or whatever but however you want to chalk it up to wisdom or experience or acceptance you know you are learning to try not to stop the ocean with one person kind of thing like yeah, you're learning to fight the smaller battles and not the war and you're learning to see that almost foreshadowing you know okay well this is what happened last time and this is how I handle it so this time I'm, I'm not going to make the same mistake and I'm going to do this but in all of that you have to be able to have that acceptance and that self-responsibility before you can accept and move through all of that yeah um, you know look at the people yeah. who have an addiction or whatever they have yet to take responsibility for their actions and until that happens they're never going to be able to move past that whether it's addiction or trauma or you know whatever is standing in your way you have to take responsibility for your actions and that doesn't necessarily mean what you've done wrong or whatever but you have to take responsibility for how you've handled it that wasn't correctly whether it's forgiveness or whatever aspect of grief or you know wherever you're at you have to acknowledge it accept it and start to kind of prepare for the next thing you know my thing is I you know hope for the best but prepare for the worst so regardless of what endeavor I choose to pursue at that moment I know that my actions have reactions and I'm prepared for a failure but I'm hoping for a success so in that I'm taking responsibility for you know emotions and all those things so that if it does fail I'm already a step up and I can recover faster uh, things like that so it's a process but we have to be willing to have the acceptance and the, the responsibility in order to make the process happen those who aren't taking responsibility you know they're like trying to stand in the way of winter you know, it's not going to happen. Like winter's still going to come and it's just going to be hell for you because you're not, you know, you're not accepting it. So. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so yeah, I I definitely see what you're saying. I'm like an alternate, but like coinciding view. um, One that like focuses like, because like addictions and addicts, I, so I smoked cigarettes for 10 years. I actually just passed my one year anniversary of quitting smoking 
And for me, it, it had nothing to do with like refusing to take responsibility. I knew I was smoking. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely am picking this vice. There are worse ones. And like this is getting me through like my fucking like traumatic jobs and my anxiety and all, all of those things. And I think an important thing to add to what you're saying, because that that responsibility is absolutely um vital but it has to come after the self-compassion and allowance for for the person to know that they're doing the best they can and what i i the reason i smoked was because i didn't have the tools and the emotional like toolbox for processing what had happened to me in oh, absolutely you know what I mean? So it, it yeah, it's it's, like, it was a coping mechanism, it, a coping you know, mechanism. It, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was like once once I was able to like get out of my abuse and I was in a space where I had the support of like my parents, they they helped me quit smoking and I didn't feel shamed or judged about it. Um, I was able I it was like one day I just was like, I'm fucking tired of it. And one thing is, it's like, you got to be done when you're done. You know what I mean? That's an aspect yeah. actually of like taking responsibility is like. Like it, it, nothing will help anybody like recover from addiction when it's stemming from like perceived like self-inflicted shame or judgment or actual self like judgment or shame, you know, that it's, it's like, it, it just makes you want to do the thing more. And of course, like I, I'm um, not talking about fucking addictions that like, Co- like coercively harm other human beings like if you're doing something that harms another fucking human being you have like no ethical spiritual or like whatever like right to do that just because you're in pain i don't give a fucking shit like stop fucking up other people's lives but for something that's self-inflicted i really like that you talked about this aspect of taking responsibility because like oftentimes there's a lot of like judgment or like you know unhelpful people being unhelpful and like doing blaming things and it's like man you know you're fucking up your life and it's just like no i'm just like in a lot of emotional pain and i don't know (laughs) i don't know how to express that but like coming to a place where it's like taking responsibility for my life no longer triggered this feeling of like like doing something that made me inherently less worthy of love and belonging or like I wasn't like being a responsible because for me I was like well you know I treat like other living things with fucking respect so like I'll have this cigarette and not like worry about it too much but it actually quitting smoking allowed me to turn this like taking responsibility into something that was like empowering for me where it's like no it's not like me being blamed by society it's me saying I actually have the power to responsible for my life and that's amazing because that means I have the power to quit smoking and I did do a program um just a side note for any like smokers out there one really important thing um there's probably a free program in your area I did the Florida one and it was really cool like for the first like two two weeks or something like all all you did was like kind of like record when you were having urges to smoke and like started broaching the emotional healing aspect because that's like the hardest part of quitting smoking for me it was purging out fucking 10 years 10 years of emotions I had repressed it was like the craziest like experience ever I would like feel it in my chest you know like as the the toxins were purged out and I would like have like emotional flash flashbacks. I mean, I had just used it to emotionally repress so much, but man, there's something like really like sensual and like, like, Oh, it feels so good to heal. 
you know? I don't know. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of where taking responsibility comes in. It's not necessarily for the bad things. It's, you know, more so for your emotional healing. You know, take Whoa. responsibility for for your your emotions because you know so those of us who have been in trauma or suffered some kind of trauma for the most part we don't process things because we can't or we're not allowed to or you know we're not allowed to have those feelings so yeah you have a lot of repressed emotions and things that you just have not been able to process so that that part of taking responsibility is is for yourself, not necessarily the negative action you're doing, but wow. what's creating that action. You know, like nobody else can force you to go through those emotions. So mm-hmm. you have to have the initiative and I mean, advocate for yourself to yourself kind of thing. You have to be the one who says, okay, enough's enough. I need to, I need to, I need some help. Yeah. Well, whether it's you do it on your own or you go to a therapist or you go to a friend or whatever, yeah. you have to find a way to process through those emotions. Yes. Um, so, and you know, I tell a lot of people journal journals, a huge part of it. But oh, yeah. you have to be Seriously. able to to do that before anything's going to change. And, yeah. and you, if you don't continue to do it, you're going to take five steps forward but 15 backwards because you're always going to have that emotional baggage. I tell people emotional baggage, think about how much you weigh. Emotional baggage is like 10 times of what you weigh. You're, you're holding the weight of the world on your shoulders with mm-hmm. that emotional baggage. So if anybody gets anything out of this, you know, maybe it's the season while, while we're in the physical dark season, you know, work through your emotions and start to heal so that when we do come back into the light, you're ready. And you've already shed that, you know, shed all the baggage and shed all the negativity yeah. and you're ready for acceptance and forgiveness and all those positive things. Yeah. So, it's, Cause like, like spirit want to, like anyone listening to this, I promise you spirit want to hook you up. You are divinely loved and favored and the universe is always working for you. Like it's like, if that's something I'm working on, dude, like, um, about clearing abundance blocks and like not being terrified all the time of like, of, the ebb and flow of like changing jobs and things like that. And I came across this. Oh, it was, it was so cool. Oh man. It was such a blessing from spirit. So like the night before I got a $100 tip, I'm a bartender. So I just picked up a two top because like the server was busy. They ended up tipping me a hundred dollars, dude. And it was like the night after I had watched this. Um, I love her. Her name is angel souls on YouTube. She's an angelic channeler and her daily card reading. And, and she was talking, she's like, I feel like a lot of you are in this place of like closing up, you know? And she talked about how, and like when you're closed up, like you can't receive gifts in abundance, you know what I mean? And it's, it's not like, it's this like idea transformation of like, am I safe to be vulnerable and open up to like the divine potential of like the beautiful things life is going to bring me and like really getting yourself into this mind space of like, dude, I, I deserve it. And it's coming. And she said specifically, um, she was like, you know, when I, especially when I was living in New York, I would get so stressed about finances and like, I would need a job and I would like be so stressed and I would like try so hard and like, no one was like calling me back and like no applications were going through. And then she's like, and then 
essentially I reset my, my mental state to one of excitement to see what like cash opportunities like are going to come in or to like actually start like transitioning the physical sensations of fear and adrenaline in in your body. She didn't go this deep into that, but uh, into like the manifestation, like the affirmation of I manifest everything I desire and more as quickly and abundantly as possible, you know, or like the universe is always working in my favor. Like if something doesn't work out, that's because spirit has something more abundant to come in. And I, I left this comment on the video because I, I, I had been like, I, I know that I'm closing myself off to like, like receiving because I'm afraid, you know what I mean? We've both talked about like the job we went through together. That was abusive as shit. And it's just like, you kind of clamp down. So I like wrote this affirmation in the comments and I was like, I am now choosing to look at, like allow myself to feel, feel like fearful or something about work, but then just consciously choosing to change it to excitement about what like financial abundance spirit wants to bring in i shit you not the next day the first table i got left me a hundred fucking dollars dude and i needed it too and it was like such a beautiful affirmation from spirit and i'm not saying like oh you know writing a youtube comment and like you're gonna have a hundred dollars manifested like (laughs) i served tables all through college i had only gotten a 100 tip dollar tip one single time in all of those years so that's why i'm telling this story is because it's such an anomaly i I think for me like a spirit wants so badly for me to like continue moving into like my spiritual purpose as opposed to being like i'm gonna clock in and clock out every day you know so it it was like a really big kind of like sign like affirmation from spirit for me where it's like yeah dude if you just let if you chill out for a minute girl i'm gonna hook you up like gonna hook you up and i i feel like i don't know i felt called to share that so thank you for holding space (laughs) i hope that helps somebody have hope yeah while while we're on that subject because you know along with that people use the universe as a, a crutch and say well if the universe wanted me to have it it would let me have it (laughs) Well, sometimes that's a bullshit excuse and you have to do the work in order to receive. So for those of you who are, yeah, fuck man. For those of you who are out there, right. For those of you who are out there going, well, the universe just is working against me and doesn't want me to, that's bullshit. Recalibrate and see what's going on because that's not the case. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I just started. We always have to have a starting because my um, charger wasn't working inside, so I came back out to my car. But no, I oh. love that because it, it is it is a bullshit. It, it's a fucking like annoying excuse actually, where it's like, like the universe fucking hates me, and it's like, no, dude, like, I promise you, I promise you, start making little steps, start making little steps, and you'll. like you can't receive any it's like you if if you are absolutely certain that the universe doesn't want you to have your desires dreams highest spiritual potential things like that it's working against you I understand I have compassion I, I was there I think we all were it's it's epigenetic trauma it's socialization it's how we were taught right from Lackman we're shifting this on a a like global spiritual scale, I think for a lot of light workers, that's a big focus is like 
bring it allowing abundance but it's like if you don't believe like abundance is coming in there's no portal access for spirit or for abundance to manifest it 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 directly corresponds to the fucking four of cups and the tarot right i think we talked about that one it's like there's this like grumpy kid on a hill under a tree you know and like he's focused on his empty three cups at the bottom and then there's the hand of the divine offering him a cup but that like grumpy face is turned away it's totally okay to be in that place i mean like i understand like being pissed at the divine and pissed at the universe um but it's about yeah it's going back to this taking responsibility honoring honoring that you're actually a co-creator and that this this period of your life that you're like consumed by vis-a-vis like darkness and like you know anger and bitterness and things like that release it babe like release it and allow like spirit to to cleanse that and make that one of your most powerful like manifestations of post-traumatic growth you know like the universe wants to heal us it wants to balance us if anything like (laughs) i don't know so uh, when I work with a client, I always, you know, we all level up. We, we always want to climb that ladder, whether it's one rung at a time or whatever, but yeah. you know, I call it leveling up. So yeah. in that process, I try to make people envision a ladder and they're climbing the ladder and you have to, you know, you have to take it step by step. But I also tell them, you know, it's easier to climb that ladder if you let go of the 800 pounds of negative bullshit that's holding you down because (laughs) you know you you may not be able to take that next step because of all the bullshit that's hanging off your back so if you let it go and move through it you're still going to level up it's just going to take you a whole lot longer to take that step with all that baggage Oh, so such a good analogy. Can, yeah. If you can let the baggage go, you're going to climb the ladder so much faster. Yeah. Um, it's like taking the elevator as opposed to like climbing 300. It, r- yeah. Exactly. But, you know, you have to do the work and let that baggage, uh, the yeah. self doubt, and just all the things that go with it. Um, recently, that's something that I have in, in my own business kind of. Um, dealt with like Mm -hmm. so I just launched a new website called the abundant witch um so cool Chad I'm so proud of you (laughs) so it's a growth and business coaching for witchy women and I really have struggled with like the name and just all the small aspects and okay what is the website right and yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it, like just all the small aspects and oh, I can't launch it because of this and I can't launch it because of that. Yeah. And finally, I was like, fuck it, let's just launch it. And, you know, if I need to go back and make corrections or whatever or change pricing or whatever, I can do that then. But nobody's going to know about it if I don't get it out into the universe. So regardless True. of where you're at, I mean, guys, I know this shit, but still I struggle with it. And I have to make that conscious decision every day. To say, no, I'm going to do it or, you know, whatever I'm dealing with, I have to remind myself and make that decision. Okay, take a second, like, you know, remind yourself of where you're at and what your goals are and how the process of leveling up, you know, you have to think about it this way. You are already your your higher self, the highest self you want to achieve. You're already there. You, you just have to be able to look inside and say, okay, well, as my higher self, what would I be doing? How would I be handling this? You know, 
as my higher self in 10 years, this is what I'm going to have. How did I get there? So reality is you already have all the answers. You just have to do the work to find those answers. You know, it goes back to the, what we talked about the other day, having, you know, an open book test and having to go back and find the answers. You already have them. You just have to dig them out. Wow. But gosh, everything you're saying is like resonating. So I'm just like empowered by, by your wisdom and your knowledge. And also, you know, like you're, deeply relatable in in your capacity to say like hey the reason I'm saying this is because I fucking struggle with it and I went through it so like <laughs> I you know it's I wouldn't be telling you shit that I didn't have a personal experience with in regards to its healing or it's it's like leveling up capacity I, I think that's one thing that makes you very powerful but anyway getting back to what I originally was intending to say um, I'm I'm thinking about this analogy of like climbing the ladder and then letting go of 800 pounds of baggage like if you think about the amount of like fucking buffness you've developed like (laughs) carrying oh absolutely pounds of baggage up a ladder just think about like how strong you're gonna be when you let it go you've been weight training like a motherfucker like let that go You know, that's like, (laughs) I just felt called to like share that additional thing where it's like not only so like maybe I think what's coming through to me is what I'm really learning through this, this podcast personally is this misconception I've had about like work being external at like activated energy as opposed to like internal digging and releasing, you know, that's a really beautiful thing that you brought to the surface where it's, it's like, we don't have to be so overwhelmed thinking we have to be outside of ourselves, like doing something in an unbalanced, you know, like, like masculine energy in the sense that like, we all have masculine and feminine energy within the self. The masculine is like the external activator and the holder the the feminine is the internal, like reciprocity, the gravitational like pull and the creative force that can create once it's in a healthy, like contained energy. And when like the masculine energy in any system is unbalanced, it, it under, it misconstrues um, safety and like security and purpose and like material, material uh, security as some kind of outside active oppressive thing like you have to do 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 you know as as opposed to like being balanced in your divine feminine which is like like no honey we gotta feel because if you're not letting me feel then we can't get where we need to be it's like you don't want a fucking navigation system that's like outdated you know it's not actively updated or something it's like never clearing a shitty like internet explorer browser cache the information you're gonna get in directions for where you need to be whether it's you know in like working towards like life purpose or a goal or like in a spiritual development or launching a business you want to make sure that you're connected to that that um balancing you know feminine energy of intuitive feeling and knowing and receiving so then you can exert that masculine energy in a healthy way and make action that's empowered yeah I mean and what you're talking about very much you know I go back to that symbol of the yin and yang you know there has to be balance and there's some good with the bad or there's some feminine with the masculine and some masculine with the feminine so you know I hate to keep going back to life as a balance and, and a season but it really is if 
one thing that I have learned, you know, from the research about Samhain is everything's a season and, and there is light with dark and dark with light and there's a balance and we have to be respectful of that balance because as humans, we are so disrespectful to that balance. And, and by being disrespectful to that balance, we're disrespectful to ourselves and we are not doing ourselves justice. And, you know, we are so undermining ourselves and our creation and just all the things that we stand for. We're basically stabbing ourselves in the back. So we have to, to get back to that mindset of, you know, balance and people say, Oh, work-life balance or whatever, but no, you just, whether you want to say, you know, chakra or whatever, you have to find that balance. And by doing so, you open up a whole new realm of possibilities. And I am so guilty of that myself because I just, my mentality, I have a very masculine mentality Um, and it has taken me a long time, like just even, you know, day to day, how I dress or the lack of wearing makeup or, you know, lack of getting my nails done or whatever, you know, a lot of people see me in that masculine energy. And I have that very take charge when, when there is a emergency or whatever, I just have that take charge, masculine energy. And I have learned that it's okay to have the more feminine energy and, and to, take a minute and to feel the things and, and to let that side come through. And I, in the past have really struggled with finding that balance and it goes for every aspect of your life. You know, I struggled in my relationship to find that balance and, and my nurturing of my children to find that balance. And just as a healer to find that balance. So it's not something that is easy, but we really have to give ourselves there again, that respect, the balance, because that's where we need to be. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. Like you, you are truly an inspiring human being and I am blessed to be, um, yeah, I'm just blessed to have you in my life. And, and, you know, and you said you hate to bring it back to balance. I think the no, it's like, that was an incredible fucking like, like um transition back to like the most important theme that's actually developed from this podcast episode one and that is like you know we'll start off with the topic but i feel more surprised <laughs> we do these these podcasts like there's like deeper like spiritual or like psychological or metaphysical insights that come out where it's like really powerful we started talking about Sawin, but i think ultimately you you the balance and honoring of like light and dark natures of life and cycles is the most important theme that you know this episode was meant to address um and i think that's incredibly incredibly beautiful and powerful and i know that our tribe and whoever listens to this podcast episode like when will be something in here that you said that made a difference in your life or in their life. So thank you so much for being who you are and for, you know, being vulnerable enough to talk about how you've struggled because it, it allows the rest of us to be human and to be empowered and to move forward. I think so much of our like resistance to moving into like higher aspects of our dreams and like aspirations is this idea that we're the only ones who have made mistakes or we're the only ones who struggle when in actuality, 
it's it's every single human being like experiences the same doubts the fears the same insecurity you know what I mean and and it's when someone's brave enough to talk about it that it allows others who've been who've had that holding them back to release it and I feel like that's a blessing you've given to our listeners today oh well thank you (laughs) you're welcome well fuck man I feel like that was like a really beautiful tie-up to the topic at hand is there anything else you feel called to share or talk about in regards to Samhain and cycles and shadows and light and fire um and I don't know I think we've talked about everything that I had as far as written down I keep flipping my paper to make sure I haven't missed anything but I mean I think that maybe we should just wrap it up with going back to Samhain and just I don't know. I actually pulled up a couple of things. I know that when we talked about today, we had talked about doing some different, um, like stories and whatnot. And I couldn't find any stories, but I found, it says, uh, let's see, a prayer to the gods of the underworld. And I think it just is kind of very foreshadowing and whatnot, but I I don't Mm -hmm. know. I have really grown to like it and then I actually pulled up a couple of other things since we're kind of wrapping up that we can share I would love that thank you I'll go ahead and read this prayer Mm. love it prayer to the gods of the underworld the harvest has ended and the fields are bare the earth has grown cold and the land is empty the gods of the death are lingering over us keeping a watchful eye upon the living they wait patiently for eternity is theirs Hail to you, Anubis, Mm. O jackal-headed one, the guardian of the realm of the dead. When my time comes, I hope you may deem me worthy. Hail to you, Demeter, O mother of darkness. May your grief be when your daughter returns once more. Hail to you, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Hecate. Oh, Hecate. Um, Yeah, I I think (laughs) keeper of the gate between this world and the underworld i ask that when i cross over you may guide me with wisdom hail to you freya mistress of i'm going to pronounce this wrong too folk 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 sorry guys nordic viking accented word here <laughs> right you did guys and I, I even looked on youtube how to pronounce that and still can't do it so <laughs> so guardian to those who fall in battle keep the of my ancestors with you mm. hail to you O gods and goddesses those of you who guard the underworld and guide the dead on their final journey at this time of cold and dark i honor you and ask you to watch over me and protect me when the day arrives that I may take my final journey. Wow. <laughs> I fucking absolutely love that. I love that. And crazy. It totally brought up Demeter. You know, earlier I was like, oh, it's giving me Persephone vibes. Persephone's the daughter of Demeter. <laughs> so right. Like, yeah. When you said that, I was like, ah, I'll have to, to tell her that later. But yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, going through the research, there's a lot of fear instilled in the Celts during this time of year and I think from all of what we just talked about we we are able to move through that fear and see where you know this prayer allows us to have that 
uh, rest, you know, that, that peace at mind to know that, you know, we're, we're watched over and it may not be totally in the way that we think, but we are. So that was kind of my taking from that is it just oh, yeah. was very, very interesting and very, I guess, correct. Yeah. And healing and just like, it, it's like cozy, you know, it's, it yeah. makes me feel safe. It makes me feel safe to rest. That's something that like came out in like one of my Oracle readings for myself is like, it, it literally is like rest. That's the card, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it goes back to this feeling of like fear and insecurity or, or the not doing enoughness. So I really feel like that prayer, like bless me and blessed our tribe with this security where it's, it's like we are divinely protected and we can like go underground and just like hibernate and like spiritually restore. Fuck yeah. So the other thing that I found was, you know, like there, there's so much talk about where the idea that witches right on brooms came from. And so I started just doing all this research because I was like, Oh, you know, I want to have that answer. So that when we talk about Halloween, we can talk about, you know, like the whole flying of the broom thing. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. And, you know, so there apparently was this old um, Celtic fertility ritual that the farmers would um, like dance on, like astride their pitchforks and brooms and things of that nature um, during the full moon. And this would help encourage the growth of their crops and uh, livestock. Oh, so wow. the common belief is that this is where the witches flying on brooms has come from. Okay, so really it's just sense. like a pagan fertility ritual. <laughs> it's like, but, <laughs> shit, we want things to grow, dude. That's right. so cool. I'm not really sure where, like, the, you know, the riding of pitchforks was going to but, you know, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll ride around on a broom if somebody will come clean my house. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every fucking, like, like, I don't know. Yeah. House <laughs> owner that's listening to this or mother. They're like, right. They're like, word. Yeah, give me my broom. Word. You know what magic would be? My family to clean up after themselves. That would be right. fucking witchcraft. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I found was the legend of Stitch. And this is where they believe that jack-o'-lanterns come from. <laughs> Dope. I'm so excited to hear this. Okay. Yeah. It was a little, like, the first one I read it, I was like, huh. Okay, but we'll go with it. Dingy so, Jack. People have been making jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. Uh, practice originated from an Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack did not want to pay for his drink or the devil's drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin so that Jack could pay for their drinks once the devil did so jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form eventually jack freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother jack for one year and that jack if jack should die he would not claim his soul the next year again tricked the devil into climbing the tree to pick up he was up the tree. He carved a 
sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the devil could not come down until the devil promised not to bother Jack for 10 more years. <laughs> devil, it sounds like devil's like resonating at like the mental capacity of like a codependent fucking like 10 year old or something. Right? De- devil's Thinking in a, a codependent, re- yeah. <laughs> devil's in a codependent relationship with Stingy Jack, dude. <laughs> so soon after Jack died, as the legend goes, God would not let such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by Jack's trickery, had planned on him and, uh, let's see, keeping to his word, not claimed his souls, but he would not allow Jack into hell either. He sent Jack off into the night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern, which then was simply shortened into Jack-O-Lantern. Holy shit, this is so cool. Oh, so, why have I never asked these questions before? I love it right? so much, dude. Let's That's see. crazy. Yeah, it says, in Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own versions of Jack-O-Lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes and placing them into windows or near doors to frighten away Stingy Jack and other others to ward off evil spirits and then it just kind of got passed around and changed and whatnot that's so freaking cool dude yeah it's definitely um coming up more than once you know like halloween traditions going back to trying to outsmart like demonic spirits or like presences (laughs) by like doing like bad pinterest fail versions of like lookalikes it's like oh no stingy jack although he's like roamed here in outer darkness for eternity like he won't recognize this as like you know this is gonna scare him away right Uh, it probably helped him feel less lonely that's probably why he left them alone you know he's like oh there's more like me all right all right i'll go (laughs) They have their little lantern, too, so I'll just keep roaming. <laughs> oh, shit. I love our podcast so much. <laughs> it, like, fills me with joy. And also makes me want to, like, I don't know, find a YouTube channel or something that will read me, like, like folkloric bedtime stories. Yeah, as long as they're not, like, super creepy. And so... <sighs> My lovely significant other occasionally will listen to some pretty intense, either on YouTube or just oh, like true crime shit. Yes. And it's just oh. like traumatizing. You're yeah, just not like just true crime. We're talking like people on the moon eating other things, and like there was this just kept going on and on about these things on the moon, and he fell asleep, and I was listening to it. And then I finally fell asleep, and I had, like, these crazy-ass dreams about it. So, needless to say, I don't listen to those anymore because I have some weird dreams and then, like, become a ninja in my sleep, so. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like, I I mean this in the most loving way possible. It serves your husband right to have you go ninja in your sleep for his crappy, like, traumatizing bedtime stories he made you listen to. (laughs) If he if he gets a couple of like unconscious Catherine wax in bed, I feel like that's fair. You know. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I think that our podcast tonight turned out pretty, uh, pretty intriguing to say the least. But 
Yeah. Absolutely. Went a little off kilter, but I think it, it ended the way it should. Yeah. Well, I think the off kiltering and the like, the Ebflow like free ramble associations we go through in our podcast is exactly like what the powerful to be honest because we're acting as a channel conduit right so absolutely I'm just very grateful that we have you to like bring it back on point and tell us some, <laughs> some stories at the end yeah man it's really cool to like be you know moving in our spiritual purpose and things like that and and just to know like fuck yeah dude I would totally listen to our podcast and that's an affirming thing and on that note oh on that note Kat and I set up a Patreon there's still a couple yeah for those who want to um, contribute and donate to support the podcast and the um... <laughs> oh my gosh I just fucking for... uh uh um harlot society i totally just blanked out on like our action <laughs> well on that note i'm just gonna try next time to do a little patreon blurb and i'm just gonna call it quits tonight but yeah we got a patreon we'll talk about it more <laughs> yeah so people who want to like um just donate like small amounts to the harlot society i mean you can donate big amounts too that's fine but yeah <laughs> we love you all can do we all we love you all conditionally. What the fuck is happening to my words? We love you all unconditionally and we will talk to you next week.